The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of BronxNet or the program underwriters. What's up, Bronxites? It's episode number one. Big day today here at Bronxnet. Episode number one, pilot show of emerging media makers. I am Bernardo Moranta, programming manager here at Bronxnet. Keep it right here. Are you? I'm your host, Bernardo Moranta. It's Emerging Media Makers, spotlighting new and exciting programs on your BronxNet channels. This month, we're checking out three shows. First, community producer Sasha Lildari, Victor Sabatini will be second, and Alicia Hayward, our third producer. Three exciting shows to tell you about on Emerging Media Makers pilot episodes. So get comfortable, stay with us right here on BronxNet's Emerging Media Makers. Our first guest, Sasha Lildari. Hi, how are you? Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> so you are the host of Caribbean CXO. Yes, correct. So CXO, so I'm guessing like CEO, but you take the X out. So yeah, it's, it's a cooler way of saying CEO. We're replacing the E with the X. Cool. Yeah. So it could be a CFO. It could be a CEO. Yes, That's the any chief right? officer, essentially, or even innovators, business owners who are Caribbean. Cool. Yeah. So Caribbean CXO is on Sunday nights at 9 o'clock on Optimum 68 and Files 34 on BronxNet. And Sasha is actually Caribbean herself. Yes, I am. I'm a Guyanese American. I was actually born and raised right here in the Bronx, but my parents both were born in Guyana. Um, very much involved in the Caribbean community. And um, I've got a great team of also other Caribbean people who are really excited about the show idea. So. Yeah. So guess what? I'm Caribbean too. Oh, awesome. Dominican what, Republic, what baby. Part? Oh, That's there it. you go. There you go. We might have to have you on the show, Bernard. That's, you know what? Not that I was trying to work my way in there or <laughs> well, anything. That was a good idea, right? Yeah, I, I kind of like that idea. Yeah. But I'm not a CEO or a CFO, so you have high profile guests yeah. on this show, right? Like the first guest that you had, this guy was amazing. I watched the whole thing. So compelling, such yeah. a great speaker. Yeah. This guy was a great, great choice for the first episode. So Thank you. Um, but before we get into more of those details, sure. let's talk about you. Yeah. So uh, what's your story? Like, tell us about where you came from, how you got here. You're a CFO yourself, yes? Yes, yeah. So uh, to begin, um, I was, like I said, born and raised right here in the Bronx. I myself am a first-generation Guyanese-American. Um, I went to school, actually, for finance and accounting, and I went to Fordham University. Uh, late in my college career, I realized that I was actually more interested in media. So I came right here to BronxNet to do an internship. So I've always been involved, um, trying to follow my passions of media, but at the same time pursued my accounting career professionally. So um, I transitioned from accounting into finance, and right now I'm a CFO for a small um, company in the Bronx. It's a security firm. And um, you know, on the weekends and in the afternoons, I find my way to the Mercy College studio to film for Caribbean CXO. That's insane. Yeah. How do you have the time? I barely do, but, <laughs> I, but when you love something, you'll do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, you have to be very organized to pull that off. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, well, you know, being an accountant, I definitely have that A-type personality where everything is organized and booked in advance. But, yes, it does take a lot of organization to be able to juggle, you know, a, a full-time career and also a show on the side. Definitely. Do you yeah. ever get phone calls in the middle of taping? 
Well, I put my phone on silent, so ah. I, I do, but it's never interrupted me so oh. far. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. So why did you decide to go in the TV direction? Because you have your, your place full. So what, yeah. where does this passion come from? Tell us about that. Yeah, so, you know, I've always wanted, I had a lot of show ideas. And um, I just never had the time to actually take the course. But when I did find some time and realized that uh, my office was as close as a one-minute walk to the Mercy College campus, I decided to, to go ahead and, you know, spend my Saturdays learning the studio production course. And at which point um, I was actually... Uh, approached with the show idea oh. um, and so I ran with it I really loved the idea of Kirby and CXO and it just you know we hit the ground running and immediately without even hesitation just decided let's get some guests on let's start and we produced our, our first pilot within a few weeks so uh, great great yeah. and have you taken field too or just, just two, no two, so again two. yeah with the time constraint field wasn't really um, a possibility for me but I would love to take it yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So studio production graduate, that's amazing. Yeah, it was actually only within a few days that um, that our now executive producer had reached out with this idea. So it was perfect timing. And, you know, I had I, once you take the class, you know, you want to utilize what you learn so that sure. you don't forget it. Of course. So it was perfect. I was able to, you know, get him into the studio with me, and we came up with the concept and found our guest. So you're Guyanese. That's your background. Yes. How yes. do you feel this show empowers people that are of Guyanese descent, or even Caribbeans in general, like such as myself. Like, yeah. if I watch the show, what's, you know, am I going to be, am I going to feel empowered to? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, growing up and being from the Bronx, you definitely come across a lot of Caribbean people, but I feel like our community is well known for a lot of things, and those things are more agriculture, music, food. Um, so, you know, we people unfortunately don't see all of the intellect and the uh, ambition and the, the talent and the drive behind some, you know, really amazing executives and business owners. So I feel that I had missed that growing up, not having those role models and those examples in my life. Um, although they were there and I knew they were, I, it wasn't on TV. And I would have loved to see uh, an example of somebody who looked like me, who were, was doing things that I thought um, that I could do, but wasn't really sure of how to even begin. So um, when the idea came to us, we said, you know, this is something that is necessary. And we actually reached out to a lot of people to see if there was anything similar that, you know, we could use as an example. And there really wasn't. So there was a clear need there for this type of show and for role models to kind of come out of the woodworks and say, hey, we have these amazing Caribbean individuals that are changing the world who are very talented and, um, you know, are leading really amazing companies. Absolutely. Such as Richie Etwaru, is yes. that how you say his last yeah. name? Yeah. So he was your first guest on the pilot episode yes. of Caribbean CXO. He is the CEO of Humanity.co. Yes. And we're going to go to a clip right now and check that out. You find comfort in the ecosystem that you came from. So you assimilate to other Guyanese or other yeah. Jamaicans yeah. or other Italians. And, and it's not very often that you find many examples in there that can give you that, that outsider view. So I think it's important to kind of break out of that. I'm not saying, you know, don't love your doll, right? Yeah. Or don't listen to your music, right? I'm yeah. saying you, you, you get your comfort from the ecosystem, but at the same time, you have to be inspired from, from the outside. Now, for, for, for young immigrants today, and, and young Guyanese specifically, you know, you guys have it uh, a little bit easier than I had, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you, you know, now you, you can Google and, and find 
right. other people to inspire sure. you, right? right. Me, I, I, you know, we, we took a bus down Hillside Avenue <laughs> with my friend and found the family, yeah. right? Yeah. So the inspiration is there. You just have to. That's Richie Etwaru. He's mm -hmm. a CEO of Humanity.co, and he was the first guest on Caribbean CXO, and we have the producer for that show right here with us on Emerging Media Makers. Her name is Sasha Leonari. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's amazing. Yeah. Like, he's done TED Talks. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you going to find more of this? Like, what do we have to look forward to on future episodes of Caribbean CXO? Oh, yeah, we've got some amazing guests, just as um, intelligent and inspiring as Richie. Um, our second episode is with Barnabas Uba Shakur. He's actually the founder and CEO for Foot Soldiers. Uh, it's a youth, or was a youth program that um, cleaned up the streets of Brooklyn. So it's a very inspirational interview that we had. Um, he talks about how he helps the community and how he gets the youth involved and at the same time all of the amazing work that his organization does. And uh, immediately after that we speak to Rhonda Bindia who works with creating smart cities. So that one is really interesting especially if you like technology and want to learn a little bit more about uh, intelligent cities. Awesome. And um, yeah we also have other chief officers that are, will be on the show. Uh, Chet Prasad is another uh, interview we have. He's a compliance officer and I think a lot of people are interested in finance but don't really know what positions are available to him or to them so uh, learning about these positions I think is really useful for people who are you know trying to figure out what it is that they want to do excellent yeah. thank you so much no I really problem. appreciate you coming thank you Brenda. Sasha from Caribbean CXO Sunday nights at 9 o'clock Optimum 68 Files 34 on BronxNet emerging media makers coming up next we have Victor Sabatini from this is rock and roll right here on BronxNet emerging media makers Welcome back. It's Bernardo, Emerging Media Makers pilot episode on BronxNet. We're spotlighting three cool shows that are brand new to the lineup here at BronxNet. Next, we have Victor Sabatini. Please welcome him to the set. Victor, how are you? Doing you very again? good. This is rock and roll. This is rock and roll TV. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Brand new show on BronxNet. Right. So uh, let's get into your history, man. Like. Where where did you where did you come from? How'd you start out? How'd you well? How'd you segue into the world of uh, TV? I actually played in a band since I'm 12 in the Bronx, playing most of the local high schools and then the nightclubs, and then later on I was backing up a lot of the people that I'm hosting now, you know. Or Dennis Nardone is hosting. We have a host, Dennis Dion Nardone. Right, right, right. He also has a radio show on WVOX on Saturday and Sunday. So uh, we kind of incorporated Dennis, uh, Tyrone Burkow. He's like a long line of videos that he did on his own. And Alba Fury, the drummer of uh, cool. Just Let's Band. So there's a radio aspect to it. So how do you feel that, as a former radio guy myself, like how do you feel like radio comes into play when you're producing the show? Does it come into play at all? Or is it yes, because all of uh, the music that Dennis plays are the artists that we're bringing on the show. So anything, if you know, uh, for example, Barbara Harris of the Toys, uh, Larry Chance and the Earls, they had records back in the day. And we're also putting on shows with them now throughout Westchester and the Bronx. So uh, those people that we work with doing the shows are also the people that are coming on the show. So there's that radio TV synergy? Yeah, I mean, it connects. And, and also his audience on WVOX. Uh, they get an opportunity to hear the radio show on Sunday at 11 a.m., and then at night they get to see 
the artist, the actual artist at 8 p.m. Cool. And you open every show with a band that's playing. Which that's band is Just Nuts Band. Just Nuts Band. Right. Okay. That's how, well, that, there's Just Nuts Band, there's the radio show, and then Tyrone has his own uh, audience with his uh, video show that he has. So they kind of combine all in one into uh, This Is Rock and Roll TV. So why rock and roll and not another genre like pop or R&B? Do you feel like uh -huh. rock and roll is not being no, represented enough? Yeah, well, in the beginning when we initiated the show, we were thinking along the lines of rock and roll, but then after everything was in place, we now realize that we're gonna have some disco artists come huh? on. So, really? yeah, so it, now it's becoming an issue of, well, it says this is rock and roll, but this person is doing R&B. We sure. brought Tommy McDonald from the Blues Brothers on. Now, that's more blues R&B. So, yeah, uh, the title of the show is kind of like... But you know what? It can still work because rock and roll is really a lifestyle at the end of the day. I mean, Rolling yeah. Stone magazine is a rock and roll magazine. That's their brand. Right. But you'll still see, like you know, pop culture being covered. So to me, it's more of a lifestyle. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. Now that you said that, I could use that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See, last interview, I almost got myself a spot on a TV show. Now I'm uh, getting to be your uh, co-producer. There you go. There you no. go. You're in. <laughs> <laughs> Disco, that's kind of interesting. That's very interesting. So how did you come up with this concept in general? Um, I was, I do a lot of the parks concerts in the Bronx uh, for different politicians that have shows during the summer. And I've been doing it for 10 years. And last year, somebody approached me and said, why don't you take these shows that you're doing and put it on BronxNet? And initially I thought, eh, it seems like a lot of work, you know. And then I was approached a second time. The second time I said, you know what, I'll try it. Right. Uh, I says, let me just see, you know, what it's gonna entail. And now that I'm doing it, I'm seeing that for people who couldn't get to the concert, now they're getting to see it. So we just filmed a, a concert in Harrison, and we, uh, Tyrone came out, he brought the cameras, and we filmed everything. Uh, the people dancing, the artists that were performing, and uh, it was great, because now you, if you couldn't get there that night, now you get to watch it on Bronxnet. Now you had a high-profile guest on, you had Vinny from Sopranos? Vinny Pastor. Yeah, Vinny Pastor. Right. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, how do yeah. you get, is that a radio's, per, is that the- Yeah, well, he also has too? a band. He also has a band. Oh, okay. So, it, you know, he does a multitude of things. Uh, so, he came on and we kind of talked about his career. And we also uh, talked about the band. And, yeah, I mean, all these things tie in. Most of the, uh, the musicians, actors and such that are out there right now, uh, it's sort of like we all connect in some fashion at a show. Uh, uh, and the band naturally has, it's, you know, it could be a five-piece band or it could be eight-piece band. So you got some horn players that are friends with uh, different people out there. So it's a really big uh, club, so to speak. Right, right, right. And everybody's a sort of interconnected. And if you had a hit record, uh, we had a live uh, kicking. Peppy came on. Um, I mean, we had 12 episodes, I think, now. And um, each artist that came on, you know, kind of brings their, uh, you know, audience with them. Which, right, right. a lot of them were all the same, but, uh, you know, that's the cool thing. It kind of brings everybody together. Right. You know? 
So, uh, I'm getting some urgent messages. The public demands to see a clip, like now, because this, <laughs> this is too good. Cool. It's like we're selling it, we're, we're overselling it, people want to see what this looks like. So we're going to throw it to a clip right now of This Is Rock and Roll on Bronx Net, Sunday nights at 8 o'clock on BX Omni, Channel 68 Optimum and Files 34. Let's take a look. Thank you. Love it, love it, love it. I'm so the beginning of every show is like this. Yes. Nice, nice. Yeah. That alone. And that's even before we get into the actual Well, concept. the format is sort of the band plays. Then we have Mary. She's uh, the She announces Dennison every week. And then Dennis comes out, talks to Mary a little bit, and goes right into the artist that's coming down for the day. I got gotcha. you. Know. Awesome. Looking forward to it, man. Victor Sabatini, this is Rock and Roll. Thank you so much for coming uh, over to the first episode of Emerging Media Makers. Coming up next, Alicia Hayward from Reality Check. Emerging Media Makers on BronxNet. And we're back. It's Emerging Media Makers. I'm Bernardo. It's BronxNet. Brand new show? You're experiencing it right here, pilot show. Up next, Alicia Hayward. Alicia is the producer of Reality Check. Alicia, how are you doing? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? Great. Let me rephrase that. Entrepreneur Alicia Hayward. <laughs> yeah. Writer Alicia Hayward. Yes. Producer Alicia Hayward. Yes. Lots of hats. Yeah. So tell us about the writing background. You have a multi-tiered background. Well, uh, well, actually, I come from a theater background. Uh, I was a theater major in college at uh, City College, and... Uh, did my undergrad there as a theater major, uh, an English minor, so I've always loved to write. Um, and after that, I won a scholarship to Lee Strasberg, so I studied there for a while. As I worked, you know, I did a few soaps, a few commercials, and um, I had my own theater company a few years back, and I had to dissolve it. And while I was doing that, I was looking for a way to kind of fuse the theater and the writing with television. And then when I moved back to the Bronx, as I grew up in the Bronx, I found out about BronxNet, and that's ah, what brought me here. So I took nice. the field class first, and then I took the studio and became certified, and now I'm kind of just using everything. Wow, so you did soaps. Yes. So how was that I did a few soaps. Uh, that. that's, it's very difficult. Soaps are not as easy as they look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah sometimes they're live, but uh, it's a lot of work. Yeah, so Reality Check yeah. is in that same vein. It's a scripted show. Reality Check is a scripted show, but um, Reality Check is part fantasy, part reality, and part sci-fi. Ah, that's, that, 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 I love yeah. that, like, yeah, especially so sci-fi. Yeah, is it more like the Twilight Zone? Or? Yeah, it's sort of like the Twilight Zone. It's a 30-minute show, and um, every episode is different. And every episode has a little twist at the end. But um, our main theme throughout all of the shows is that um, we're all more the same than we are different. Mm. And uh, that we all deserve love and affection. So Everybody. Very, very dystopian, very... Pretty much, yeah. Oh, a little dystopian, very, yeah. Very nice, very mm -hmm. nice, very nice. So yeah. how did your... Do you find that your background in theater and 
and writing uh, helps you with production of the show? Definitely, because uh, when I sit down and um, I write a treatment for a script, um, I, I kind of try to keep uh, certain things in mind, uh, mostly the cost, you know, because I've got to buy props and things like that. Um, I've got to hire actors. Um, I've got to cast, you know, for talent. And um, I've got to pay for rehearsal space. So I try to keep all of those things in mind. And then also the timing. I have to keep that in mind as well. So right. everything works together. Cool, cool. So we're going to yeah. check out a clip right now uh, okay. on the pilot episode. And then we'll come back and talk some more. Fantastic. Tell us something about the characters in the first episode. Okay, well, uh, the first episode is called The Gene Pool, mm -hmm. and it takes place in the year 2062. Wow. <laughs> well, it takes place in the year 2062, and uh -huh. it, uh, it talks about um, our government and what's required, of our go what's required of married couples now when they first marry, how they have to uh, agree that they're going to consummate their marriage with you know, actually making a baby. Right. And um, they... Well, what is it about this this baby, these babies? Well, um, what about the babies is um, their DNA is decided for them ahead of time. They, by who? By our government. It's wow. required by law now that right. um, you have to choose. And we're back. It's Emerging Media Makers. We just checked out a clip from Reality Check, brand new show on BronxNet, Optimum 68, Files 34, Sunday nights at 9 o'clock. And we have Alicia Hayward, who is the producer for Reality Check. So where did you get your love for fantasy? Uh, from shows uh, like uh, you mentioned, The Twilight Zone, uh, One Step Beyond, Outer Limits, Star Trek. I'm a big Trekkie. I love them all. Deep Space Nine, The Next Generation, the original series. I love uh, sci-fi movies, fantasy, you know, and I love um, classical film. So, so we don't have too many scripted shows. This is exciting. Like, yeah. I'm, like, I'm really looking forward to this. But what, like, on a, on a scale of difficulty, like, one to five, how would you say? From one to five? For a scripted show. I'd say five. <laughs> 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 but I love it. I love, um, just like with theater, it, it, it's not so much that I love the, the, the end result. I like the end result. But I've always been in love with the process. I love right. uh, the organization. I love sitting down and having to organize things. I love the writing. I love getting the talent together and actually working, shaping and molding them. You know, I, I, I just, I love the process and it is a process. So you have one episode in the can. When are we going to see more? Because okay. the first episode was more like well, we getting do, the audience built, built up. I'm sorry. Right. But, we do a, a pre-show where we sit down and we wanted to interview the talent. We wanted uh, the audience to know who the talent is. We have uh, Damon Haywood, who is my brother. He is a music producer, and he does all the underscore, and he composes and writes the music. I wanted uh, things to be original, just like if I were in a the theater. I wanted everything to be fresh and new. Yeah, that yeah. intro is pretty cool, actually. Yeah, so. and since I had the talent that was able to do that, I figured, why not utilize that? So. I yeah, 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 so definitely. I love the intro, the music. Yeah. So he composed the music for that intro? He composed the oh, music wow. for that, yeah. And, really uh, he and uh, one of his students, he's a music teacher at uh, Innovation uh, High School in Manhattan, they actually sat down and wrote the rap together. So. Nice. Yeah, I wanted nice. something hip and, you know, Any other relevant. family members working on your No. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, a makeup artist. She's my oh, niece. Really? Oh, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, we have a makeup artist because the first episode is, uh, well, it's a futuristic uh, time and it takes place in the year 2062 where our government uh, uh, has, uh, well, there's a law now where married couples, 
on the day of their wedding, in order to consummate the marriage, they have to agree to make a baby, so to speak. Oh, they have to make a baby. They have to oh. make a baby. They've got to agree to do this, and they have to come before a government-elected official. And there's, there are packages that they have to choose from, where you have your physical and your psychological traits that your children will actually inhabit. And there's a thing called, that's all called a unification. But what the husband doesn't know is that there's also something called a transformation where he won't exist later on. Oh, so no. that's sort of the twist. Oh, no. you know? So these women, these women actually, they want to have babies, but they don't really want the husband. So he doesn't know that, but that's what she does. So let me you know? ask a great follow-up question here. Are you married? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay, gotcha. Now that sounds really fascinating. That's awesome. Yeah. So where do you actually shoot this? We shot, we shot it here at Broxnet. Oh, like, by yeah. Lehman or Versi? Or? Yeah, Lehman, Lehman, Broxnet. Yeah, right here we wow. shot this. Yeah. And you're, so you're still developing it? And no, that's finished. The, uh, first, that's, one's the first one's finished. We're still editing. That's called the gene pool. The but gene pool. we actually did, uh, the, we had to do the two pilots because we couldn't get everybody together at the same time because after we shot the episode, we had some of the talent that was away or someone was working. So we had to shoot two pilots. So the next one you'll see is the, at, uh, the pilot where I actually interview the music producer and uh, the rapper. I and then see. after that, the gene pool will actually air. So wow. I'm excited. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Okay, so female empowerment. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's it. I love it. Lisa Hayward, <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank to the first you. episode of Emerging Media Makers on Bronx Set. Check out Reality Check. With a, we're about to see with a K. Yes. Reality Check. Yes. Thursdays, 10 p.m., Optimum 68, Files 34 <laughs> on Bronx Net. Thanks for checking out. Episode number one of Emerging Media Makers here on BronxNet. I'd like to thank director Lisa Dominguez, Latricia Burton on the prompter, Phil Lane, Audrey Duncan, uh, our producers, associate producers, Leo and Ramon, and the rest of the creative services team here at BronxNet. So just to let you know, BronxNet provides training and classes to Bronxites so they can tell the stories that are important to them. To learn more about how you too could have a program on BronxNet, simply go to BronxNet.org, that's BronxNet.org, or click on Join Us, then click on Join Us, and then click on Produce Your Own Show on the website. Produce Your Own Show. So we look forward to seeing you in episode number two, right here on Emerging Media Makers. Until next time, it's Bernardo Moranta for BronxNet. <laughs>